0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fishcast. My name is Corey Long. I'm joined by Charles Fishbine. Joined by legendary coach Chris Demaris, As we uh talk about the, we're now on the officially in the dog days of the college football season. You know it's a dog days when like college basketball games are starting to come on. I let you know that like they're pushing our season out. It's both happy and sad. How you guys doing this week?
1: I'm doing good. Uh Nostradamus above us. You know, he uh he, he's the Nostradamus of college football picking. So you gotta ask him how he feels.
0: I mean, I think it's good that you can pick the games after they finish. I think that's always I think <laughs> those are my favorite guys. I mean, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Demo to Vegas with me and like wait for me to lose the ticket to tell me, yeah, hey, I thought you should have been on the other team. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> whatever that means I'm, that's pretty funny <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh i kid i kid but one I thing kid. i don't I, one thing i'm not i'm not upset that's for sure
0: no i don't think i mean i'm I mean i'm not upset i really like at the end of the day i have no no dogs in any of these fights anymore i've long exactly. since gotten out of the days of the dog fighting <laughs> um but you know and for those that you know, we're we're talking about the FSU Miami game which we all Watched in our separate places yesterday, and which was a uh, given the uh, status of both teams, which is pretty irrelevant in the college world right now. It was a fun game, and a game that entertained all of us a lot. A uh, real quick synopsis for those of you that didn't watch it: you know, FSU jumped out a big lead, seventeen nothing. Uh, it was a twenty-seven. It was a twenty to seven at halftime. Miami did a did a good job of sort of wearing them down, breaking them down for majority of the second half and took a 28 20 lead. Um, with under five minutes left, FSU started getting going on offense, and they, and they did something that I hadn't seen Mike Norvell do all year. That he, you know, instead of, you know, normally in these spots and these fourth and goals, I think this was a fourth and six, kind of inside the 15. I don't remember exactly where. That's a spot where he, Dylan goes for it, especially late in games when he's down. He took the field goal, got a defensive stop, and then put himself in a position to win, which they did, 31-28. Uh, to 28. One of the more exciting FSU-Miami games that you'll see. had a fourth and 14 conversion late. A lot of horrible late-game decisions by Miami. Just, just some terrible clock management down the stretch. Um Good stuff from Florida State. Really good fight. Um, Miami had some, showed off some good young talent. Florida State showed off just some tremendous courage and uh, and fight back. And and you know, and it was a it was it was definitely fun to watch. And uh, we're gonna get into our gripes with some of the coaching in a bit. But right now, just what everybody think of the game itself?
1: Yeah. I thought the three-point play going for the field goal is the best decision Mike Norvell's made since he's been um, the coach at Florida State. I, I just really do. I thought it was – like you said, he usually doesn't make that decision and would have gone for the, um, you know, the first down. And, and yeah, I saw it all across college football. I saw yesterday the same thing happened with Mississippi as they kept going for it on fourth down, and they, they kept – Texas AM in the game. I just think the analytics of of college and pro football is all out of whack now. It just sometimes, you know, especially in games, you could lose a game. Easier than win it if you just make those decisions over and over. And I think when you leave points on the board, and Norvell didn't, he took the three points. And I, I, you know, I was reading a lot of people's responses to that. A lot of people were upset that he went for it. They thought it was gutless and this and that. And I'm like thinking they're down by eight. You kick a field goal there and a touchdown wins it. It's a lot easier to get that field goal then than to try to chase the two-pointer at the end of the game. You know, if they had were down by eight on that final drive, the way that all, all it took was one play by Miami's defense, and you lose a game that you could have won if you had just kicked the field goal. I think he made the right decision. Um, I thought it was the best coach game he's had at Florida State. And if they could, it, you know, the, the tough thing is, is they've played very well this year, but you can still see the limitations of what they're working with at Florida state. And these guys have done a very good job with what they have.
2: I think there were a lot of recruits at that game yesterday. There were, I think a lot of our heads turned a little bit, maybe it's back to where it was after we thought it was when it was the Notre Dame game. So I think they're in it with some good players. That was a must win for one of those teams in recruiting. It just so happened to be Florida state. And I think those guys that were there again, sort of the atmosphere that's capable of that place. And I think that win is going to help them flip a couple of these kids. I know they already flipped one from, what was it, lineman from UCF, but they got to get somebody stalwarts. And I think if they do, then they could be headed in the right direction.
1: Yeah, they, they flipped a grad transfer, a transfer from Lamar High College, which is a 1AA that UCF was going to get. That's a nice get, but the reality is. Yeah, that's not.
0: That's, nah. that's
1: not that's changing nothing. or moving the yeah. needle. Like yeah. when, you, when, do. Yeah, when you woke up today and the rumor was that Mike, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. was going to commit and the kid came out and put his top five. Listen, this win will get them. They're going to get, I, I think, like I said before, I think Marvin Jones Jr. and Julian Armello were two kids. They have a legit shot at, um, they're gonna have a very good shot at and, and they'll pull two or three other kids. This win was huge just from – I think it was a signature win for Mike Norvell. He finally won a game that they probably shouldn't have won. Uh, they pulled it out, and it helps the program move. Like, it gives you hope um, if you're not only a fan, but from a recruiting standpoint. They made Florida State cool uh, on Saturday night to go there. And and the, the atmosphere – listen, we're never going to – me and Corey have been at a lot of great games at Doak, and I know you have Demo. The atmosphere and that stuff, that we've always said that's an easy sell in recruiting. I mean, it's just a great place to go watch a football game, no matter if you're a fan of any team. I've brought people up there that uh, are not not even fans of football. I have a friend that I brought up to there once that was a hockey fan, and I brought him to doke and he's like, I've never been to an atmosphere like this. So that's an easy sell. I We've always said recruiting at that school should be easy. They've made it difficult, but it should be easy. I think the win, like I said, will solidify their class and the guys they already have committed. I think it really helps them with Marvin Jones Jr. and Julian Armella. What they need, they really need it to help with some of the running backs they're going after and some of the skill kids, because as we saw the other night, they need playmakers. They lack playmakers, and that's something that's going to be very important for their success the next couple of years is that they improve that roster, especially on the offensive side of the ball.
0: Yeah, they uh you know the the big play was made by a, tr- a receiver Andrew Parchment who was who uh transferred in from Kansas and if FSU had any real receivers on the roster Parchment would have been benched a long time ago. He made a play earlier in the game which we is, I mean which would have gotten you thrown off the team. I mean he had a basically he had a, I don't know a 60-yard gain in his pocket stop running, you know, he the ball was there, he had space, and he literally just looked up and stopped and then tried to kick up his run, and it was, you know, it was out of his reach. So it was good for him to get that redemption, but, man, it was a, it was not a pretty game for him up until that point. But, you know, like I said, it was it was a big win for FSU. We'll see how it helps him out down the road. We expect it will. Um, on the other side, I – I like Manny Diaz. I, I, we had him on here. I think he's a smart guy. I think yesterday he was embarrassing and it really has very little to do. Like there were some late game decisions. I thought that were awful at whatever, you know, clock management, things like that. I thought the, the the stunt that he pulled between the third and fourth quarter was some of the most fake wannabe Jimmy Johnson stuff I had ever seen. He looked like uh, he looked like an absolute goober, cheerleading up and down the sidelines, and then convinced his team to pull some sort of a silly stunt at midfield. Now, mind you, they're on fourth and two, I think, at the four-yard line and trailing by six, going into the quarter switch. Luckily for them, FSU was just as dopey and took the bait on this little this little attempt at intimidation because if they didn't take the bait, it would have been an unsportsmanlike. It have been a fourth and 17. They had to kick a field goal. Either way, it was just, it just showed me you have no, like again, no, no situational awareness. If that, if that stuff happens 90 minutes before the game, it is what it is. But this is during the game, during a close game, during a pivotal play. And you don't have any control of your team, It just showed a lack of leadership and maybe, you know, it got me wondering if he is really a guy that's capable of doing the job. Well, you know, watch that game. <clears throat> they definitely have some great
2: freshmen on Miami's team, mm-hmm. but that's the key word freshmen, because when that game got tight, they played like freshmen. Cause they always say the best thing about a freshman is a sophomore year. So, you could tell when that game got tight, some of those freshmen got tight. That had nothing and to do with the freshmen, Devo.
0: Yeah. Nah, no, no. No, no, I'm talking about you. the game itself. Yeah, no, yeah, the game, I, I have, not the game about had rings. nothing to do.
2: The freshmen yeah, running back scored to make it 28-20. you to watch what 20, freshmen do, it wasn't when when the freshmen that had anything to do with them freshmen have to step winning. up and make a big play in the game, they can't do it. So the best thing about them is when they become sophomores. But whatever that stunt was, I, I don't know what I don't know what, anything about that. I was, just yeah, they, sh- they, sh- they showed
1: that. it. They showed it. They, the two teams, I think in between the third and fourth quarter, they, right? they were in the middle of the field. Um, and the referees had to separate them. Um, okay. like both, both benches had cleared and it was like, both, yeah. Um, and they were all like stomping up and down on middlefield. It's Miami lost because they basically thought when they were up eight, the game was over. They stopped playing. Uh, Florida State played hard for the, they, what they say, they played hard for 60 minutes or whatever. They played from beginning to end. And the one thing, and I think Corey and I have agreed on this year, Florida State under Mike Norvell, their team plays hard for four quarters. They played hard all year. That has not been the problem. They're just not – this is a team that pulled – Out a win the other night that they probably shouldn't have, but they did because they stayed together as a team. They played hard till the end. They got a couple breaks that went their way. I don't think it had anything to do with Miami's youth. I thought actually the youth at Miami, I thought Van Dyke in the second half played very well. Um, I I personally thought it came down to the final drive uh, where Miami got down to the one yard line after Parchment made the play. Florida State did. I felt that they should have just let Miami score on the next play. You had two timeouts. You had about a minute left in the game. You have a great field goal kicker. You only needed a field goal to win the game. You would have been down by one at that point. I thought that was a mistake of the game uh, was allowing – uh, Miami to basically run the uh, Florida state to basically run the clock out in the final minute of that game and not give yourself a chance that they were not stopping Florida state on the one inch yard line. It's not like they were on the three or the five and you uh, like they, they were on the one inch yard line first and goal. They had, they, they were going to get four cracks at it and you were going to basically let them – they were going to get it in, unless something – a penalty or something happened. But Miami – Florida State wasn't going to allow that to happen in that situation. I thought that showed me a lot. It showed – they just – they messed that up. I'm not one to ever sit there and criticize coaching because so much goes in, things even out. That was a really bad last minute for Miami on that final drive.
0: I mean, you know, you can go back to the third and four call. When they were up by five, you go know, back to there.
1: I, I, yeah, I thought the fourth down and three, um, they were in Florida State's territory. They had they they already had the tight end to eating Florida State up. They could have just ca- called Mallory or uh, uh, Arroyo's number. You don't. You're up by five. You, you're on the road. You put the game away. The game's over there. If they get a first down, Miami Miami decided to punt. And then basically they punted so darn good it one in the end zone. What did, what did you get on field position? You gave up it would a you gave up what? 10 yards, 15 yards of field position. Bad decision. Listen. Florida State did everything they they played the best game they've played all year. From the first quarter to the fourth quarter, they weren't the better team, but the better team doesn't always win. The one thing in this series we've learned is usually when one team gets blown out uh, one year, the following year, the game's a lot closer. It comes down to the, the the final minutes or the final two or three minutes of the game. That's what happened. But Florida State never seemed to buckle in this game. They got punched in the chin. They got knocked down. They got right back up. They they withstood the um, the onslaught. Like when it got up to eight, you thought Miami was going to finally put the game away. They never did. Corey, we always talked about this with Jimbo. He always knew that like, all right, you got to make it a 10. Like either if we're going to win a game, we got to keep it within one possession. If we're going to win a game, we also, if we're up by six, he always found a way to get it to nine or 10 and make the other team have to have two possessions. That's something that, you know, Manny's going to, he's going to have to learn. He's still a young coach. And these are situations he he hasn't been in before. I don't know if this is going to be his final hurrah at Miami, but this was not a good loss for Miami in that program. I'll just leave it at that. They had everything going in their way. They had a young freshman group that they could lean on going into next year. They should not have lost this game.
0: I mean, I don't, I just think overall, they just, I, I worry about, I worry about the way he, I worry about the image that he's showing in the program. I think the Miami program is better than what he is trying to, Make them out to be they're better than their turnover chain. They're better than the little stunt that they pulled at the end of this game. I think they're better than a lot of the the, the really poor, sad attempts to try to re rekindle some sort of image that's not gonna exist anymore. And I just in order, to, in order to do that, you need a grown up to come in there and 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 make and, and handle the program like an adult. I don't want to see my coach running around jumping like he's one of the like, like he's a cheerleader on the sidelines in between quarters, you know, especially at that moment in the game. But, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I agree with you otherwise. I thought, you know, Florida State was, they, they, they really struggled offensively for about two, about, you know, most of the second half. But whereas, you know, the last few weeks they hadn't put together that offensive series late in the game, they were able to do it. They were able to actually – you know, they were able to bite down and get two big offensive drives late in the game when they had been shut down for most of the half.
1: And that's, you know, that's a credit but, to the – coaches, credit to the players. But, Corey, nothing we saw in this game has shocked us that we've seen this all year. They've had very good starts to games or they've had very yeah. good – they just can't sustain it because once they get away – the problem is is Florida State's really only good – you know, they, they have the counter tray that they use where they pull the, their linemen and, and they run the ball well. But once teams get three or four or five possessions in, Florida State doesn't have a counter move. They, ha- they, they have one game plan that's like a boxer that's trying to get somebody out in the first two or three rounds. If he doesn't get them two or three rounds, the guy ends up going the distance and he has to just hope he piled enough points up. That's how Florida State plays football right now. They, they, they get off to these good starts. And they just don't. It's I get in this argument with so many of these people that are Florida State fans, and they just don't understand. I, I just got in with a friend of mine before this phone call, and he thinks like Travis Jordan is this great quarterback, and I'm like, he's not. It's nothing against Jordan. He's a very average player, and average players do not play. Gr- you could you could get two or three great drives out of them in a game but you're not going to sustain it over the length of four quarters. He just can't do it. He's, he's limited defenses make adjustments. They understand that if you take away um, the running game of Florida States and you force this kid to pass, he's not as effective. Yes. He made a play on a fourth down and 17. That was one time out of 10. He's going to make that play. You can't, you can't count on, Jordan Travis to make a play on fourth and 16 or 17 to win you a game or put you in position to win. That's just not, he's not a guy that's going to win you games. He'll help you stay within uh, a a fighter's chance, but he is what he is. And, And he's, he did a great job in this game, but listen, Next week will be the people are going to come back and we'll get into that. But they'll play a BC team and he won't play as well. People are going to go, Well, why, why did that happen? They'll blame her because that's what he is. He's an inconsistent player that's very limited. And what you see is what you get. He's not going to ever be this great quarterback. So, Miami down the stretch, five
0: and five. Virginia Tech at home next week. Duke on the road, the 27th. Florida State. Four and six at Boston College next Saturday at noon. They'll close out their uh, schedule on the road against Florida. Um, Do either of these teams make a bowl game? Do both of them, do do neither of these teams make a bowl game? There's one mega bowl
1: game and one not. What do you think? Miami's beating Duke. You could count on it. Duke's terrible. Miami could show up with their four-string team against Duke. It's nothing against those coaches. Duke has basically... Camp their seat. I mean, that's, that gives Miami six wins. It comes down to this week. I, I think the Boston College game, we talked about it all year. The game against NC State, the game against Wake, this game being sandwiched, you have a rivalry game with Miami, and then you have a rivalry game against Florida, and here you have to go up to Chestnut Hill and beat a team. You know what you get with BC. They're they're not flash. They're going to come out. It's going to be very similar. They're like Notre Dame light. They're going to use a lot of tight ends. They're going to use their running game. And will these kids, after they just got hyped up, all right, for a big game, and they got floored up next, are these guys going to come out? There's got to be a letdown. And if Florida State doesn't get off to a good start, I I think this is another game they're going to struggle and they'll probably lose. Yeah, I
2: think, you know, after this good game it just had, it's going to be a letdown to go up there. And up there, B.C. plays at a different different level. Uh, so I think they're going to miss the bowl game. But I think Miami has a shot, like Fish said, against Duke and then Virginia Tech this week. They have a more realistic shot at to a bowl than
0: Florida State does. All right. With that being said, we'll be back for the second segment. We're going to go over some – national stuff, talk about some of the other games, talk about the rankings, Oklahoma loses. We'll see how that how that shakes out the rest of their top ten of the playoff rankings, and uh, we'll talk more about some coaching wounds. There were some more firings this weekend oh. and a couple of hirings.
1: Well, the coach's hot seat so got really hot.
0: Got really hot this weekend, so we'll be back with more of the FishCast.